When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, DraftKings fans, football's right around the corner. You get in on the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. And with the NFL returning, DraftKings is giving new customers $200 in free bets instantly when you bet $1 or more on any football game. So listen up, because you don't want to miss this. Head to DraftKings Sportsbook app now and place a bet of $1 or more on any week one game to receive $200 in free bets instantly. If Sportsbook is not yet available in your state, DraftKings still has huge cash prizes up for grabs all season long with their daily fantasy contests. And for week one, DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at a $1 million top prize. Nothing adds to the excitement of watching a game quite like having a free shot at a $1 million top prize. So download that DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. Again, that's THPN to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game and get a free shot at a million-dollar top prize with just your first deposit. How awesome is that, man? That's promo code THPN, and that's only for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only new customers only minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required one per customer restrictions apply. See draftkings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER or an Indiana 1-800-9-WITH-IT. And that folks is how you read a draft ad. <laughs> we did it. We did, and normally it takes us like 15 takes to do that because I try to do funny voices. No, it doesn't. That's true. I usually just cough a bunch. I just cough a bunch into stuff, but not trying to cough into this microphone all that much because we got our homie Chris Joseph. He's hanging with us, episode 131 of Bar Down Breakdown. Our homie CJ, as he's been affectionately called by one Mikey (laughs) from Bar Down Breakdown, (laughs) is a former ECHL player. Uh, so it's always awesome when we get to uh, share some stories with someone that's been on the ice pounding it out. So what's going on, man? Welcome on. Thanks for being with us. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. I, I appreciate it. You know, it's like we said, it's, it's been a while for uh, trying to get on here. So I'm glad I could probably do it. So, CJ, I, I see that you popped your chiclets in. I was hoping that you were going to keep them out for the interview. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I could take them out. I don't care. <laughs> I feel like that I, I just actually, makes I, you look I, so much more badass. I, I tend to lose them uh, when I take them out, to be honest with you. Um, so I try to wear them as much as possible now. But, like, 
man, dur- during quarantine, obviously, like there, I wasn't going anywhere, so I would yeah. never wear them. And I was, I was back at home, and and at one point, I was like, "Hey, mom, like, have you seen my teeth?" She was like, what do you mean? I was like, I haven't, I haven't seen my teeth in a solid month and a half. I don't know where they are. <laughs> she was like, how is that possible? I was like, I, I, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> so I, I have to hear the story about how it happened. I'm sure that there's a, a, a beautiful story, a majestic story that goes with it. Yes. Yeah, so, well, it's actually two stories. I, um, my first one I lost was my freshman year of high school um, in a high school game. I got butt-ended, and uh, my two teeth went up into the top of my jaw, and then my jaw broke in the side. So I was actually a white shot for eight weeks. Um, but I, I got one of them taken out then, and it was it's actually funny because uh, a kid that I played with in college, uh, he was actually he's a few years older than me. He was wrecking the game. And uh, he didn't he didn't call a penalty on it, and I and I skated by him. I spit blood like on the ice, like right at his feet. And then and then a few years later, um, we were at a at a party in college. I was like, hey, you remember when you were repping my high school game and I broke my jaw and you didn't, you didn't call a penalty? And he was like, yeah, I was hoping you wouldn't bring that up. He was like, I felt so bad about it ever since. <laughs> I was like, yeah, man, high you should, school, like... <laughs> high school, you you you're probably wearing a full cage, no? Yeah, yeah, you're wearing a full cage, but you know. I, you know, when you're young, you want to like look cool, so you wear it a little loose, and it went right underneath and just caught me. Um, uh, and I had a mouthpiece in too. I had a mouthpiece in too. You know, the hockey league tried to say that is because I didn't have one in, but you no, know, I showed them the mouthpiece. I was like, I wear this every game. So you know, they 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 couldn't get too far with that. But you know, it was whatever. Um, I was walking around toothless for about five years there. Uh, only you know, I, I had the fake one, but like I never really wore it. I wore it in high school a little bit, and then college, I would never wear it. And then uh, my second year playing pro, uh, when I was playing for Macon and the SP, we were playing at, at Pensacola. And uh, I went to go hit a guy on the boards, and he ducked. And I went face first into the dasher. And uh, obviously, I'm wearing a half for there, so I, I get up. Like, I ref blew the whistle because I was down for a few seconds. And I take my mouthpiece out, and uh, my other tooth was just in my mouthpiece. Oh. So I was like, all right. I was like, I guess, I guess that tooth is done now too. So like, I skate to the bench and I give it to my trainer, and he puts it in the glove, <laughs> and uh, he puts it on ice. And obviously, you know, like I played the rest of the game. It's whatever. But uh, the next day, I saw the specialist, and uh, he was like, I, I brought it to him in in the in the glove, and he looks at me. He's like, What do you want me to do with this? I was like, <laughs> I don't know. I was like, I, uh, my trainer told me to bring you my tooth. He was like. <laughs> there's nothing I can do with this. He was like, there's literally nothing I can do with this. I was like, oh, sorry, I guess you can just throw it out then. So like he literally threw it out and he was like, all right, sit in the chair. And I sat, I sat down and like, he gave me a needle, numb me up. And he was like, oh, part of your tooth is still in here. So you're going to feel like some pressure. And he literally like yanked it out and oh. he showed me it. And like part of my jawbone was like impacted on my tooth also. So they had to like, he, like he was like yeah it was pretty bad i was like yeah i, I mean I, I guess so considering my tooth came out i would think it's pretty bad and uh oh, the way it works like if you want to get fake teeth like for that situation they actually have to inject like graphite into there because it like heals around the bone and gives it gives oh, you like shit. another area where, where they can put like the screw in eventually okay so he opened up the other side too and then he injected graphite into both of them and then stitched me up and uh I didn't have a car down there, so I was like, hey, 
can I go back to practice and like, and like play now? He's like, yeah, I mean, you can, but it's not like ideal. So I was like, all right, yeah, no problem. And, uh, I went and I caught an Uber cause I didn't have my car down there. I Ubered back to the rink and I walk in and like, I just started getting dressed. I got off like the last 15 minutes and I got hit in the face, <laughs> literally got hit in the face, like right in the mouth. Like, man, it, it was like such a nightmare. I was like, my, my trainer, like I told you not to go out there. I was like, I was like, I just want to be out there with the boys. Like I needed to be out there. He was yeah. like, well, you got to go see the dentist again now. I was like, all right. And I went back and he was like, yeah, he was like, you didn't do any damage to it. Thankfully. He's like, just be smart. He's like, stop being yeah. an idiot. <laughs> so I had to wear a cage. <laughs> I, had to, I had to wear a bird cage for, I think like, like two weeks after that. But you know, that, that's it. After, after that, it was, uh, it was, uh, just getting used to eating, uh, eating apples with no front teeth getting used to eating uh, corn with no front teeth. It was such a nightmare. It's still, I, I hate it still. I I've broken like corn this, this might be like easier, right? Times. You could just like yank down and just like pull, like put it on your front <laughs> teeth and pull out. <laughs> no? I mean, honestly, I've, I've never tried it. I won't lie. I've, I've never tried that, but like I'll go to like bite to an apple and just like the whole middle piece will be like still there. And I'm like, it takes me like twice as long to eat an apple now. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's so, oh, it's so man. annoying. That's gotta but be it's, like, it's the, what that's gotta be the weirdest looking Bart not bite marks like you've ever ever seen like just like <laughs> two rips and it's almost like a spider bite or some shit dude that's gnarly but it just like it goes to show like like your mentality you know is like every hockey player that like you see in the nhl like that's just it man it's just like i don't give a shit what happened to me like i gotta be out there and it's i think it's hard for a lot of us like you know you know, Mikey's played like, you know, a little bit on a pond and stuff, but like, I've never actually played hockey and, you know, we're both hockey fans that, you know, very occasionally we'll have, you know, like a, like a thought about someone who we think is, you know, skating off the ice when we, sh when they shouldn't and all this shit. And it's like, what do we know? Like we've never, never done any of that shit. And we're sitting here like, Oh, I don't know. I think he, uh, I think he's totally fine. That's just a little bit of blood. That's not a lot of blood. And it's just like, bro, this guy literally just like smashed his whole jaw into pieces and we're sitting here like oh pussy so just goes to show you <laughs> what we know but that that's we not know nothing no it's true we know, yeah. we know nothing uh, honestly you know hockey players uh i don't really bash on other sports um because i think like each sport has their own skill set but i think yeah. like hockey players it's just like it's a different kind of toughness you know what i mean like you look for a reason to play you know what i mean like we'll yeah. pretend we're not hurt so we can play like uh that second year when i was uh when i was in macon we wound up winning it all and i broke my nose twice that year and like i just got i just taken my cage off before the finals and literally mm -hmm. the first game of the finals i got high sticked and, and broke my nose again and like Jeez. i was like bleeding everywhere on the ice and and i get off the ice <clears throat> i go to the bench and uh our trainer great he was like he was like all right he's like joey like we're putting your cage back on i was like i'm not putting my cage back on i was like no shot i was like i'm not doing it he was like yeah. you're bleeding everywhere like you get hit in the nose again like you're gonna be in pain i was like i don't care you know what i mean and like mm -hmm. i went out the next shift and like i had like the the gauze up my nose like i would take it out every and like switch it after every shift because it yeah. wouldn't stop bleeding and then like yeah. i would still go out there i was still like blocking shots you know what i mean like throwing the body around like i was still asking guys to fight like it didn't mm -hmm. matter, you know, like your adrenaline's going there. Like you're just ready to be out there and play. You know what I mean? You don't, you don't want to be letting the boys down. And I think that's like a lot of other sports are, are missing at times, to be honest with you. So you mentioned that championship that you won, but 
does that even come close to the championship game for Team North Korea? <laughs> uh, I don't. Did I even play in that game? I think I no, was. No, dude. I, I think that was. You were suspended, and that's probably why we lost. Honestly, <laughs> that was. Uh, that was. Uh, listen, I loved playing there, but that was like. I, I remember the first. I got suspended twice that year. Once I got suspended wearing Kenny's jersey, like when I first started playing with you guys, and then the next time I got suspended, like when I was actually on the team. And I, that was like at the rinks. The first one was at Dix Hills. And I remember we had the finals or playoffs coming up and I felt so bad. Cause I was like, damn, like they like <laughs> wanted me to really play in the finals and like help them, like, like help them win. And like, now I can't even go because like I'm literally suspended for three games here. Like this is a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, dude. I think and there was, a, kinda... I, I think there was a lot more pressure there though with, with you guys for sure. I had a lot more pressure for you guys. Cause I actually had to score goals. Yeah. Cause I sure as hell wasn't scoring any damn goals. <laughs> but honestly, dude, I when I think back to that time of playing on Team North Korea, that's really when the idea of like doing some kind of podcast talking about music and alternative uh, alternative music and hockey came to me. And 131 episodes later, we're still yeah. kicking, and <laughs> there's still so many guests that we need to get to. It's just unbelievable the crossover yeah man it's unreal like you guys have been doing this for a while now too you know and and i think you see that i was actually i was talking to someone about this the other day how like the music scene it's it, it's kind of like the hockey world in a sense that like it, it's large but it's small someone always oh, yeah. knows someone in a certain way where like they're connected you know what i mean absolutely and yeah. like I, I feel like a lot of hockey players um or I should say a lot of, a lot of bands like love hockey. You know what I mean? Like oh, yeah. it, it's different and you know, they, they put on a lot of merch, you know, through like, I know ET did a lot of it through like violent gentlemen, you know, like other yep. bands, like they mm-hmm. do stuff like their own through like, cause they love hockey, you know, when they put out stuff like regarding like their favorite team and stuff like that. Like actually the other day I was, um, where I went to that dropkick Murphy show, somebody had mm-hmm. a dropkick Murphy's hockey Jersey, but, uh, it was blue and white. Like the, uh, the chief jersey from Slapshot, and it just said oh, sick. Job kick on it and it said job kick on it and, I'm, and the back i'm pretty sure had the year that they started as a band and the nameplate yeah. said murphy's like it was awesome like i was That's like awesome. i would pay money to have that you know what i mean yeah it, it's it like with the dropkick murphy's it's so funny right because like you know they're from boston so like you figure like they've all got to be like big bruins fans but like the dropkick murphy's are so often associated with like that strong Irish culture that you think like they would just have like an entire line of like soccer jerseys, but like, yeah, you know, it's just like, it's kind of, it's kind of like a crazy little like crossover in there. And that, in that just like Boston is always associated with being, you know, a sports town, but like a big hockey town. And, you know, like I never knew the Murphys did any crossover merch for, for hockey. So that's dope. I love that. And um, yeah, but I, 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 no, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh no, I was, I was just gonna say, but I, uh, you know, like I, I love looking. At, I love those crossovers, like everything Violent Gentleman does, and you know, some you know bands that go out of their way to make their own like little designs that are, uh, you know, like just a hair away from copyright infringement, <laughs> you know, from like the actual <laughs> logos. But it's it's dope, man. I love it. Yeah, it's awesome. You know, I I, saw, I was literally on the train coming back from from the show. And we were at a stop and I saw somebody standing on the platform with it. 
And I was like contemplating if I should let her get off at that stop. So I like, ask them how much they wanted for the jersey. Sounds like that's awesome. Like I would, I would love to have that. You know, but those are probably something that they sold like, like a certain amount of them, and then they were like done with it. So it was like probably like a special, a special thing, which I think is really cool too. And bands yeah. and stuff like that, because that's like you can be like one of like fifty that get that, and it's awesome. It's worth to spend the money for stuff like that. I mean, I, I think so anyway. Oh yeah, and. You, you gotta, you know, just tip your hat to Violent Gentlemen because they always, like, for the Jersey crossovers, because they just released, like, an Every Time I Die oh, yeah. one, and it yeah. is so sick. And I have the Pure Noise Records one, which is also beautiful, the Violent Gentlemen Pure Noise Records crossover. Lovely. So, CJ, I know your history, but for our listeners, let's let's dive into it a little bit. So, first of all, you know, playing high school hockey on Long Island, it's like, yes, there's NHL players that have come from Long Island, but a lot of them leave Long Island to, like, play prep school or, or whatever it may be. So, like, when you were playing the high school, like, circuit, what was that like? Because a lot of, first of all, teams on Long Island don't even have like high schools don't even have their own team. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you have like the Catholic league schools, you know, like St. Anthony shop, not the other teams. Um, you know, I think Belmore America, it's, it's a tool two school districts combined, which, you know, a, a lot of school districts do, they just combine school districts and then you get kids from, you know, when I was playing, it was like kids from Levittown and kids from East Meadow on one team. Um, I mean, to, to be honest with you, it was an absolute gong show. Like Long Island high school hockey was, it's, it's better now, but like it was pretty brutal. Um, it just, if you played travel hockey, uh, you were like a standout player, but like, other than that, it just wasn't really good hockey and it, it's better now because of the hockey on Long Island's grown and it's gotten better. Um, but it's still nowhere near, like if you were to go out to like, Minnesota, you know, like, or any of the, any of the Midwest places, you know, like those kids are like draft picks, you know, yeah. like here, yeah. here, here, it's, um, it's basically something you just do for fun in a sense, you know, like, I mean, you get kids that just play that, they'll play travel, but then like travel players will play that for fun, but it's, it's nowhere near, um, competitive enough for like, if you want to like go play somewhere for like to show a, a scout, like your stats from there, they're yeah. going to be like, what is this? You know what I mean? They're going to be like, this <laughs> is, this is, this, I don't care about this. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I want to see like your travel stats, you know, if you're, mm-hmm. like I said, if you were like Minnesota playing in like uh, a top high school league, they'd be like, okay, wow. Like I want to look at this, but like here it's yeah. like, it, it's nothing. You know what I mean? So did you considered you in the prep school route or you always were like, I'll do travel hockey and then just stay and play for my local team? Uh, so I was actually, I was looking at prep schools. I was looking at Albany Academy and then okay. Hebron. Hebron. I think, I think I said Hebron, which was up in Maine. Um, I was looking at both of them and it was one of those things where Albany Academy wasn't too good at the time. I, I obviously don't know how they are anymore since uh, I've been attention to that in, in years. And Hebron was good. Um, you know, they were like a middle-of-the-pack team. It was, you know, one of those things where do I go there and play on a middle-of-the-pack team and do well, or do I stay here and play in a, 
a better travel team and, you know, see what happens, see what I can get out of this. You know, because at that time, there wasn't too many players from Long Island who were, um, you know, I guess making it to the pro level, to the, you know, the D1 level at that time. We, we did have a handful. We, we had a handful, but it wasn't, like, prominent like it is now. Mm-hmm. So I just took a chance. You know, I was like, you know what, I'll stay here. I'm going to be on a good team here. Um, I'd rather I'd rather stay here and, and know what I have than go somewhere else to play on a middle of pack team. And if I don't like it, I'm kind of out of luck. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I honestly don't regret it. Uh, a lot of my – I mean, some of my best friends playing on those teams I still talk to today. Um, it led me to the path that I took. You know, I know a bunch of guys that they go and play in at these prep schools and, and they hated it. And then they wound up quitting hockey. So I'm yeah. glad I didn't take that route, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Now, you're probably about the same age as Charlie McAvoy, right? No, he is, uh, what is he, a 97, I think? I think, oh, he's, a, I think he's a 90, 96 or 97. Yeah, he might even be a 90. No, I don't think he's a 98, but I'm, I'm a 91. So, you know, like, there's a five, six-year gap between us. But I never played with him. Um, but he's... Uh, he's been to like my, he used to play in my men's league here in Long Beach. Um, and like everyone in this league, like we all were all know each other. So like a bunch of us like played pro, uh, played together in college or like grew up playing together. So it's like a competitive league, but like we all know each other. So like we want to have fun out there and he would always just be like, you know, he'd be at the rink like hanging out with us. You know what I mean? Just like shooting the shit, just having a good time with us. He was never like that type of kid where you were like, all right, you're, you're, kind of too cocky you know what I mean? like he is the mm-hmm. most down-to-earth kid he he was the most down-to-earth kid I, I think i've ever spoken to when it came to stuff like that like you would never know that he was at bu at the time like going to play in the nhl or you'd be a stud in the show you know what i mean like you were just like this is just a normal kid which was great you know it was great to see that yeah and honestly that's pretty much how all hockey players are <laughs> they're just the, the easiest yeah. to talk to of all sports so a- after your high school career, you went to Stony Brook, right? Yeah, well, I mean, in between, I played juniors. I played uh, three years juniors, played for Abacore for two years, and then uh, I played for the Rockets for one year um, in the AJ. I actually I had an offer to go to Peterborough in the OHL, um, but my dad didn't want me to go. He was like, you need to go to college. Like, you're not the smartest kid. So he was like, you need, he's like, you need college. So I was like, all right, that's fine. I get it. I understand. You know, like, mm-hmm. I was 16 turning 17. Like it was, it was tough. It's tough put a swallow. Cause I could have been like one of my first buddies to do that. But yeah, like I said, I, I don't, in hindsight's 2020, like I don't, I don't regret it all, but you know, I wound up, I wound up going to Stony Brook after that. Like I was talking Niagara at the time, um, Southern New Hampshire, like was a deep there. I think they were technically D2, but they played D3 schedule. But, like, Niagara is D1. I was talking to them. But, you know, a bunch of my buddies I played juniors with wound up at Stony Brook. So, they're like, hey, come here. Like, it's a good school academically, and, and you'll have a ton of fun. And, like, it's good hockey. So, like, I went there, and I stayed there for three and a half years. My first year there, I only played, like, six games because I broke my hand. So, I was – I transferred in January. I played six games, and then I was done. The next year, we we made it to the Nationals the next year. We lost in, I think it was like the Sweet 16 to Adrian. My junior year, 
we I actually made the USA team that year where I went to Italy. So I was in Italy for two and a half weeks, came back. We lost in the final four to ASU, actually. We lost to ASU in the final four. And, and then my senior D1. year. Yeah, yeah, they are. And then my, my senior year, actually, was the year before they went D1. We beat them in the final four that year, and they had a handful of D1 transfers on that team. And then we lost a national championship that year. But it was it was great. You know, I, I, I tell, like, when I was still playing, like, my buddies would always, like, ask me, like, where I played. And I'd be like, man, I, I played at Stony Brook. And they'd be like, what is that, like, D3? And I'd be like, no, nah, like, it's, it's club D1. And they'd be like, shut the fuck up. They'd be like, there's no way you played club hockey. I'd be like, man, yeah. I'd be like, listen, I, I, I'm telling you, like, it's way better hockey than people think. You know, and, like, I had some buddies that my last year playing in Jacksonville, uh, one of them played at Princeton, the other one played at Union, won, won a Natty title over at Union. And he was like, man, like, you're better than defensemen we had on our team when we won a Natty, a natty championship. I was like, yeah, man. I was like, listen, that's just the way it goes. Like, those kids got the breaks, and they got they got looked at, yeah. and they went yeah. D1. Like, I just – I didn't catch those breaks at a certain point. Like, I'm not mad about it. Like, listen, I'm still here. I still got to play pro. So, like, I just took a longer road to it. That's it. Now, at the time, there wasn't – a D1 team on Long Island, but there is now, which I'm sure is going to change the, the landscape of college hockey on Long Island. And you're going to get some of those homegrown kids staying and playing with them, which is only going to mean, you know, more future Islander and Ranger fans playing in the, in the show. <laughs> I mean, uh, honestly, yeah, I think it's great. You know, I've, like I, like we were saying before, back back when I was younger, it, it wasn't too prominent for a lot of a lot of guys from Long Island to be going T one. But it, it's kind of a hotbed now. The younger the younger kids are, are really good. You know, it's just unfortunate because they get to a certain age here and they look to move off Long Island because at a certain point there's it's only you can only go so far here. So you, you know you get to a certain point where those kids look to leave. You know they look to go to prep school or they look to go play. 16 U or 18 U somewhere else, you know, or, or, you know, obviously the end goal is to try to go to the USHL, like the best junior league in the country. You know, I get, everyone always wants to be there. So it's, it's more, now it's more prominent for those kids to be there, which is, which is huge. Um, and I think the growth of hockey on Long Island is, is, you know, it's up by a solid, I would say at least like 200%, you know, from when I was younger, like just, there's so many more teams now, more kids playing and, and it's great. You know, and, and in the end, I think it's going to be huge for a school like LIU to be able to find a few diamonds from kids from around here, you, yeah. you know, and I think it's it's great for Long Island hockey in general because, I mean, listen, when you're growing up, you're playing like you want to play D1 hockey. You know, you always see like the big schools. Like when I was younger, I always wanted to go to Maine. Like Paul Correa is my favorite player growing up. Mm-hmm. And I always wanted to go to Maine. I wanted to be a black guy. Like that's where I wanted to play. You know, like I went and visited their school once on a visit. And I was mm-hmm. like, I love it. I want to go here. Yeah. Um, but I think now not, you're going to see more kids that are going to be like, no, <laughs> no, def- <laughs> de- definitely not. Definitely not. But uh, I think, I think you're going to see more kids now are going to be like, I want to, you know, like their favorite school might become LIU and their goal is going to be like, Hey, I, w- I want to play D1 hockey on Long Island. You know, yeah. I, I want to be that kid. I think it's huge. I think it's huge for the game of hockey here and, and just that school in general. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Um, I think it's great that, you know, it's giving an opportunity to kind of, you know, shine the spotlight on, you know, something that's 
you know, a little, you know, that has, is starting to gain a little bit of traction on, on, on the Island. Uh, you know, but that's, like I said, to kind of echo your sentiment is always gonna, is only going to just broaden it, which is, which is an awesome thing. Uh, so I have a question and, uh, since you're, you know, we're in the locker rooms, um, why, why do, why do so many hockey players just listen to like the worst Canadian techno and like Canadian <laughs> country music? Like, can you fix that, man? What's going on? <laughs> uh, I won't lie. We didn't, we didn't really, any of the teams I played on, we didn't, we didn't really have that. And we had like some like Western Canadian boys on every team I played on, which by the way, I don't know what they feed them there, but every Western Canadian kid I ever played with was like six two, six three, six four, and like 220. Like, it, it's wild. You know, I, I think the smallest one I played with was the smallest. The smallest guy I played with from there was like my captain at Jacksonville. This guy Huntsy, who actually just set the record, I think, two years ago for like most pims in the coast all time. Like, and he is like, oh I think God. he's like five nine, and he would just go with anyone. Like, do you remember Trevor Gillies? I played with the Islanders. Like, oh, he yeah, fought yeah. him a handful of times, like in the coast and everything. Like, he was always going. Like, it didn't matter who. Like. Man, my, my first game when I got called up with Jax, that guy, it was his first game back from uh, from injury. <laughs> we were playing Norfolk, and I'll never forget this. He skates out. He does a hard lap around, like around our net, and he skates over the red line and runs their goalie over. Like, just absolutely <laughs> runs him over. Like, something out of slap shot. And I'm just yeah. getting on the ice. I'm like, what the hell just happened? I was like, is this real life right now? And he was just waiting there. He was, like, so amped up, like, ready for someone to come fight him. And they all just like their team didn't even know what to do. Like they were just like, "What the hell just happened here? Like, is this real life right now?" Like the refs weren't out there yet. Like I was like, "This is about to be an, an absolute line brawl. Like it's gonna be yeah. a twenty on twenty brawl right now. Like this is gonna make the news. I'm gonna be on ESPN. Like this, this is gonna be sick." And then like <laughs> no one did anything. Like I, even guys on our team were just like, like we were. There were some guys that were like hyped about it. But other guys like, "What is happening right now?" Yeah. You know what I mean? Like this, this is real life. But like. His his big thing actually. <laughs> so with that team, he loved Cardi B. So like we just blasted Cardi B in the locker. Like that was like our music in there. It was it was no 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 nothing like that. Yeah. He was like, nah, we're not listening to that. He like took control. He's like, we're going Cardi B, boys. Like we're getting hyped for this. So I was like, all right, let's do it. <laughs> it's just so crazy. Like every every um every like opportunity we've ever had in this podcast to like get a little bit of insight into that. Like everybody is like, it's it's so wild. But I guess really what it comes down to is, you know, we've talked about it a couple of guys uh, a couple of times before, even with uh, some of our like Canadian guests that we've had on. And it's just like such a different, uh, like just overall ethos in Canada. Like when it comes to hockey, like Canada and hockey, like that's like what the NFL is here is, is what, yeah. what, what this guy was telling us. He's like, you know, it, it's the number one thing in Canada. So like when you think of like, meathead you know like nfl bros like canada has like meathead nhl bros so yeah of course they're gonna listen to like techno and like you know terrible r&b but the other side of it is like because canada is like still not as developed as america like when you get out into like the sticks of canada like western canada or like you know up there like by you know the fucking lakes and all that shit like you're just getting like country bumpkins so yeah they listen to like weird canadian country because like that's all they know. They just live in like vast amounts of trees. Like, that's just what they're doing. So it's so funny to me. Like, let's think about that. 
Yeah, I got, I got, I do have to say though, what like we did do a lot of country music on all my teams. It was always a lot of country music, um, but it was never techno. Literally, like I was lucky yeah. enough. Like, listen, I, I honestly didn't care. You know what I mean? Like, whatever the boys wanted to listen to, they could listen mm-hmm. to. Like, it didn't matter yeah. to me. I, I could phase it out if I didn't like it. Yeah. But, like yeah. we we never we never had techno on there, which was uh, which was good, I guess, because uh, I, I guess I didn't have to hear about it, but. Yep. Um, the country music, so there were some guys that would just blast country music before games. And like our coach, our coach would come in and be like, what are you boys listening to? Like, how does this get you like excited? To <laughs> yeah. Play? I was just going to say, how you know does that I mean? get you pumped? Like Garth Brooks, like, how does that get you pumped <laughs> for anything? <laughs> I mean, I, I think for, I think for a lot of guys too, like it, it's different mindsets. You know what I mean? Like certain guys listen to like the heavier yeah. stuff because like it, it gets them going. But then there are certain yeah. guys that like, they just keep, they like to keep it loose. You know what I mean? Like they don't think too much about it. They're just that, you know, they're, they're there mm-hmm. to play hockey. They're there yeah, because they want to be there. So like, they don't want to overthink it. They just want to go out there and play, you know? And, and I think so like, for them, it's like, they can listen to whatever just to kind of keep them loose and they're still ready to go. You know, like for me, it, it didn't really matter. Like on the bus, I would listen to certain music. Um, but then like once I got off the bus, it was just like, all right, whatever the boys want to listen to in the locker room, I'm cool with it. Let's go. You know, like I never had my headphones mm-hmm. on in the locker room because, like, I kind of wanted to be aware of, like, my surroundings and, like, be able to talk to the boys. You know, like, I, I didn't – I wasn't one of those guys who, like, put my headphones on and it was like, hey, don't talk to me. It was like, I love shooting the shit with all the boys. You know, like, having a cup of coffee, like, warming up, like, following, like, following that stuff and just doing that stuff, like, consistently. It was, like, the best. Like, that's how I would get into it, like, talking to the boys about, like – you know, anything, literally, whatever, like we'd be watching TV, like if there was a game on, highlights on, you know, like talking about like, you know, the game in general, like what we wanted to do, just stuff like that. You know, like I yeah, love yeah. doing that, but there were, there were certain guys who were just headphones on, don't talk to me, you know, yeah. and I'm just like, hey, all right, do you, do you, man, that's yeah, you. exactly. So I, I do want to just kind of dive in because it is a few years, like since you played professional hockey, so have you followed any of the boys that you've played with, like whether against or on your team, you know, have any of them risen to like the AHL or even the NHL? Yeah. Yeah, actually. So, uh, my, la- like I said, my last year in Jacksonville, our affiliate at the time was Winnipeg. Now it's actually, it's actually at the Rangers now. They're going oh. with the Rangers now, but our affiliate then was, was, uh, Winnipeg. And, uh, we had, a draft pick. I think he was a second round draft pick. This kid, uh, um, Jansen, uh, oh man, what was his last name? I want to say Harkin. I think it was Harkins who actually played for Winnipeg, uh, the last two years. He, he cracked their lineup and he's, and he's been like a, like a steady, I think like third, fourth like, guy for them. And he was like the nicest kid ever. Like he was like, we'd like go out to lunch and he'd be like, oh, it's on an NHL contract. He'd be like, all right, boys, I got it. Don't worry about it. We'd be like, man, like we make money too. You don't have to, you don't have to like <laughs> treat us. Like, like we make, we don't make money here. He was yeah. like, no, nah, I got it. Don't worry about it. But like the quietest kid, you know, I mean, like you would never think he was like a dirty hockey player. He wasn't like, he had so much skill, but I'll never forget. We were playing Orlando in Orlando and their goalie came out to play the puck and he skated by him and slew footed him and just started a brawl when I was out on the ice and I was like, Oh my God, man, like, this is wild. I was like, I would never expect this kid to do it. I skated by the goalie. He, he legitimately two hand hacked me across my stomach. And like, oh I was God. like, what is going on here? I was like, is this a slap shot right now? Like, this is real life. And like, after he was like, oh, Joe, we sorry about that. I said, I think the boy's going. 
I was like, yeah, man, that's cool. I think my I'm I'm bleeding internally now because the goalie is flashing, but whatever, man. You got the boys going. It's all right. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, I mean, great. he he made it, uh, which is great to see. Um, I don't think any, you know, a few of my buddies I play with, like my roommates, like some of my best friends, they moved over to Europe. They're playing to Europe now. Um, two of them actually play on the same team in England. I think it's Manchester they're playing on. So like, it's awesome. Like the boy, a lot of the boys are still playing, which is great. You know, like mm-hmm. I wanted, I wanted to keep playing, but you know, after, I, I had two shoulder surgeries and after that second one, it was like, you know, do I want to keep doing this? It was like, yeah, I yeah. do, but can my, can my body handle it? You know, exactly. Like, yeah. I, I don't know how much my body can handle it. Like I, I want to be able to like live a long life and be able to like walk when I'm 65 and I have to be in a wheelchair because like, mm-hmm my knees are blowing out from cortisone shots or like my shoulders are in shambles and having four surgeries on them. You know what I mean? So it gets to a certain point where like I didn't retire on my own terms, which is what was hard to kind of like, yeah, acknowledge at first, you know, like you want to go out on your own, but you know, it, it took me a while to kind of realize it. And then I, you know, then I kind of soaked it up and I was like, all right, you know, like, Unfortunately, this isn't how I wanted it to end, but this is how it has to end because I, I need to be able to take that next step. So, you know, it's not, it's nothing that I regret, like I said, but I just needed to kind of look out for my own well-being mm-hmm. to uh, make sure I, I can actually have a future where I'm not in shambles. Yeah. And, you know, we, we just were talking about it last week, you know, Lundquist retiring and coming out and announcing his retirement. You know, unfortunately, even guys that are warriors and have storied long careers, they don't always get to go out on their terms. And and unfortunately, that's kind of the the way the way the game is. You want that like, oh, my last game, I'm gonna hoist the Stanley Cup and go out and <laughs> and live the rest of my yeah. my my days as a champion. But it doesn't always play out that way. Yeah, it's, you know, it's unfortunate, especially especially in the minors, you know, because you're, you're a commodity, you know, you're, you're, you're a piece of meat to them. So, like, you'll do whatever you have to do to stay in the lineup. You know, like, my last year playing in, in Jacks, I, we, were, we were playing the Everblades, who were the best team in the league, and we played them, I think, 14 times that year. We only beat them once. You know, like they were they were unreal. And uh, we were playing out there, and they were playing – it was a five on three in the second period. And I went down, this guy walked off the half wall and he ripped the clapper and I went down and blocked it. And like, it caught me right in the side of my knee, like right where there's no padding. And like, I couldn't bend my knee. I was in so much pain, but like I played the rest of the game. And, uh, after the game, like I, I just iced up, you know, I didn't think anything of it. I got like a compression sleeve and put it over it. And I woke up the next morning, um, at like seven thirty and just excruciating pain because I rolled over onto my knee and it was like the size of a softball. So like I texted my trainer and I was like, Hey Dylan, like I, I got to come in. You got to see my knee. He was like, all right, yeah, no problem. And I walk in and I'm like legitimately limping. He's like, why are you limping? I was like, look at my knee. And I showed it to him. He was like, yeah, we're going to go see the doctor. And I was like, yeah, and like, let's go. So I had to get like an, an MRI on it. They'd like put me through testing. And I was like, listen, like I'm not missing any games here. So let's give me a cortisone shot. He was like, your knee joint, like, might act, you might, like, have a fracture in your knee joint here. Like, this could be bad. And I was like, listen, I get it. Like, drain my knee. 
give me a cortisone shot. Like I, I can't miss games. Like I can't be in and out of the lineup here. Like I, I just solidified my spot. Like I'm doing yeah. what I got to do to play. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And he was like, yeah, we're, we're not doing that. Like <laughs> he was like, I know you want to do it, but like I, he was like, I got morals here too. Like I, I have the like, code of ethics. So yeah. like, yep. all right, doc. I was like, listen, I get it. I get it. But like, I'm still going to try to play, you know, like I tried playing, like I got that. We had that next day off. It was like, uh, we had that Sunday off. And then we skated again on Monday and I tried skating and like, I was just like in so much pain. Like I, I couldn't move out there. And my coach was like, Joey, like, are you good? I was like, no, like my, my knees in shambles, but like, I'm not going to take the risk of not playing. Like yep. I need to be in the lineup. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And he was like, yeah. he's like, stop being an idiot. He's like, get off the ice. He was like, you're, he's like, you're fucking stupid. You know what I mean? Like guy yeah. played 12 years in the, sh- he played 12 years or 10 or 12 years in the show. He was yeah. like, stop overthinking it, you know? And yeah. I was like, I get it. I get it. But like, I just want to be out there. I want to be playing with the boys and battling, you know, and I wound up missing like a week or so. And then like, I, I was lucky enough to get back into the lineup for some guys that doesn't happen. Some guys yeah. you get hurt. And like, if you're a bubble guy, when you come back, they, they just release you. They'll keep you there. You're healed. And they're like, all right. See ya. You know, mm-hmm. I, I saw it. I, if I saw it once, I saw it, you know, 20 or 30 times throughout three years of playing. It sucks, but that's just the nature of the beast in, in, in the minors. Yeah, and and not even that. It's not always the the most glamorous too when you're you know traveling around from team to team and you know obviously the NHL guys are flying on these private jets. You guys are are bussing it and at least where you were in Jacksonville there were a few like southern teams like especially in Florida. So maybe your drive wasn't as bad as maybe some of the you know northern coast teams. Yeah, so um, when I was in Jacks, obviously we had the Blades, we were down in Fort Myers. I think that was like eight hours, I want to say, six to eight hours. But like we had a sleeper bus, so like you had a bunk. You know, then we had Orlando, which is only a few hours away. SoCo, which is South Carolina. You know, um, Norfolk was in our division, like I said. And then we actually had a bus that year. Actually, the week that I had hurt my knee, they were going up to play – um, who were they playing that weekend? I think it was Manchester. I think they were going oh, to play damn. Manchester, and they 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 bust up there, and it was like a twenty six hour bus trip. So I That's got like cool. lucky. I didn't have to do that. <laughs> my 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 second year, we were in Macon. Uh, obviously, that's the, that's Georgia for the people who don't know. The finals, we played Peoria, which is Illinois. So like we had the bus there. It was a nineteen hour bus trip. We played them on a Friday. We beat them in the first game, and then the next game was Sunday at, like, 4 o'clock. So by the time we got home, it was actually, like, Saturday, like, night. Like, it, it was literally, like, a full day of traveling. So like we got home, like, Saturday night, like, got home, unpacked, went home, slept, woke up the next day, had a morning skate, and then played. That was it. Like, it was, like, it was, the turnover was, like, wild because you were, like, I'm literally just getting off the bus and I get to sleep for six hours, and I got I got to play a game again, like in the finals. You know what I mean? But like, and it, you get some teams that like they'll fly. Like our, our owner was going to fly us there, but the league actually said no. They were like, no, like you you got to bust it because Peoria doesn't want to. They don't want to fly their guys down. So he was now, like, so my team has to suffer. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I'm not sure if it was the 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 Southern pacific what, what's it called the southern coast or southern pacific coast league or uh the the sp so it's called the southern professional hockey league oh okay so is that the one where like one of the teams 
won the championship and just won't turn over the trophy? Or is that the ECHL? Oh, I think I think that was the coast, actually. I'm pretty sure that was yeah, the like coast. the team it won was, and they just uh, won't turn over the trophy. I think it was Colorado, because I think Colorado won it back-to-back years. Don't quote me on that, but then they moved up to the A. So I think they just kept the trophy. They were like, yeah, we're not in the league anymore, so who cares? And just, and just like, kept it, which is, like, like uh, I don't know. Like, I think that's, like, h- hilarious to do that. You know what I mean? Like, I would do the same thing. I'd be like, no, nah, it's ours now. See ya. What are you going to do? Find me? I'm not in your league anymore. Like, could you, could you imagine, you? Could you imagine the, like, the story that would create if, like, an NHL team did that? Just, like, the Lightning, like, don't win this year, and they're just like, no. Like, you can't have it. And they're just like, what do you mean? Like, it's this is the fucking Stanley Cup. And they're like, nah, you just can't. Like, Vic, like Victor Hedman is like, you got to take it from him. And they're just like, what the fuck do we do here? I just like every everything in my head like plays out just like a like a professional wrestling storyline. So it works, you know. Like that would totally work in that context. So I, I just got one one last question for you myself, um, but just to kind of touch on like. Some, some music stuff here. So I know that, uh, you know, you're big into alternative music. Obviously, that's, you know, that's why we, we got you on. Now, um, for over, I'd say maybe the past year, you know, it's only been what? Yeah, it's been about nine months, right? Is there anything you've been listening to that came out this year that's just like, you're killing it on? Um, actually, yeah. I've, I've been really, like, so like, I go through, like, phases where, like, I, li- mm-hmm. like, I listen to everything except, like, Canadian techno like we were saying before but like I, I literally listen to everything like I listen I, I love country music like in the summer you know especially like being here in Long Beach like you want to be on the yeah. beach just like or on the boat like listening to like country you know what I mean mm-hmm. um but like lately I've been like on a huge like pop punk like kick you know what mm-hmm. I mean like I that's like all I've been listening to so like I started listening to that band Waster I think that's how you say it like, yeah uh, yeah yeah and I, yeah, I yeah, love yeah. them on no sleep I think they're on yeah they're good yeah, I, I I've like been all about them. Um, I don't know when their last album came out though. Um, I think it might have been twenty. That's the one that has like no vowels in it, right? Yeah, W S T R. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's them. Um, and then uh, the new Grayscale. I don't know if you guys listen to Grayscale. Oh, their album oh, just came so out good. the other day, yeah. and I I've been listening to it nonstop. Like it's it's my favorite album. I think of twenty. 21 it's going to be my favorite album of 2022 already like Dude, unless that, etid comes out with a new album then it's like my favorite album yeah etid's uh, actually e- got uh, yeah i think they are coming out october it's coming out yeah. man and and they've already are released they? a couple yeah dude if you get a chance they just put out a video for this new song uh called post boredom oh it rips dude it's so good but that grace i always love them oh every time i die has been one of my favorite bands ever since uh last night in town you know bidding plot burial war like all that kind of stuff oh, yeah. or um oh yeah or burial plot bidding war i just realized i m- messed those up i swapped them but uh <laughs> but yeah no every time i die is sick man and uh but grayscale dude that whew, that, that opening that track open track man with sax solo in it i'm like what am i listening to oh like yeah kenny g meets sweet pop punk i love it so good <laughs> and, it's, it's so good so good that like they're they're falling prey to the whole like our album comes out in august but like our vinyl is going to come out in march of next year thing which is like happening to every band and even knowing that knowing that i love that record so much that i still bought it 
So I was actually don't tell them they posted a (laughs) (laughs) they they actually posted a I think it might be on their Instagram story or it was a post today. Like it's been out for like like less than a week, I think, right? Yeah, and they have like over a million. Yeah, it's like over a million streams already, which is how insane is that? That's just insane, man. That like we we kind of like we're saying it with with how good um what was the last record called? I forgot. Nelavita. Nelavita, yeah. Yeah. How good that record with how good that record was, it was like, oh, it's only a matter of time before these guys like explode and become like the next, you know, one republic or like five seconds of summer or one of those crazy bands. But I mean, they got the dude, they got the talent. They're writing these just unbelievable songs that like are at home with like pop punk fans just as much as they'd be like at home with like Taylor Swift fans. Like it's just like that kind of music that has that much reach and still like ticks all the alternative boxes is like, man, that's a home run. Like you guys are going to make money. So we're hoping they do. Oh yeah. Cause they're, they're great, man. They're awesome. But, um, shout out Vaughn. We'll have Vaughn on soon. Vaughn lion ton. Uh, but, (laughs) um, (laughs) but but another record uh, that just came out, um, that I've been jamming, uh, which is just like kind of such a strange departure. So there's a band called deaf heaven, right? And Deaf Heaven was like this, their last record that they put out was like Explosions in the Sky meets Black Metal. Like when I tell you like the songs were like 11 minutes long, and all the guy did was like <laughs> scream and like just do these weird Black Metal screams behind like all this beautiful music. Well, they pull a 180 and they put out this record that's just like a pop shoegaze record. And it is so good. Like unbelievably good. It's kind of like, the only way I can explain it is like what turnover did, but like times a hundred because instead of just going from a pop punk band to like a kind of shoegazy band, they went from like a black metal band to like a shoegazy band. So man, I don't know, but if anyone is out there that wants to hear some unbelievable music, uh, it's called infinite granite by deaf heaven and it rules. And y- yeah, I, I, I try to, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just going to change it up and, throw in my final question because we got it in the chat actually and pete judge nine wants to know who is the best player you played on long island other than bedito or betito oh uh potato potato so i played with him growing up yeah yeah he he played for the rangers this year i played with him growing up um oh man i don't i don't know to be honest with you like a bunch of my buddies i played with like i still talk to today like um my buddy kevin gumas that lives in long beach here played in the a for a bit he was up for the hobie when he was at unh he was like that kid was unreal um my buddy justin augusta i played with him he went to unh and then quinnipiac also um you know i played against him in the coast and then he played in the a for a bit too like all these guys like i grew up with that like made it to that next level so like i i'd say probably one of those two probably probably gumas by far because like he him and I always just got along. You know what I mean? Um, now I think, man, I don't know who it would be now, to be honest with you. I guess if you consider men's league now, cause it's in men's league. Uh, like I still play with like potato. He's like on our, you know, on our men's league team, like just seeing him do stuff now. Like it's, it's crazy too. Like that, the hockey IQ between like a guy playing in the minors and a guy who just plays it like in the NHL, like it's just different. Everything just clicks so much quicker. And you're like, wow, you know what I mean? Like you're just in awe of watching some of these guys. And like, I'm sure when he watches guys like Panarin 
like Zabinajad, and you want like guys like Foxy, like he'll watch them and probably be like, oh my god, you know what I mean? Like it just happens so quick for some of those guys too. But yeah, I'd pr- I'd probably say like Kevin Gumis was probably like the best player I played with from Long Island that like made it made it that far. Shout out Pete Judge Records. <laughs> what the hell is that? It's Pete Judge Records. You can ask him yourself. It's Pete Judge Records. I have a shirt that says Pete Judge Records. It's got like a sandwich on it. It's a great shirt. Shout out Pete Judge Records. So we had, you know, we had a little little Pete Judge dropped in on us, which is cool. But um, CJ, man, thank you so much for being on with us, man. We appreciate you uh, spending the time to, you know, talk to us and give us some insight, man. Because it's it's so cool to hear from someone who's like actually like made it pro and just to hear like the passion that you have for this sport that like we as fans feel like we have that like a a similar passion in in like watching it and enjoying it and you have that same passion like playing it and it just I come full circle man it just makes me feel good you know it's just like you know all of the anguish that we go through as hockey fans especially as Islander fans right because it's all that happens is anguish after anguish after anguish (laughs) but you know like but i'm sure like in your in your situation like you know all the times that you know you wanted to get out there and play but you couldn't because like your knee was smashed to bits or like you know you you know you saw someone on the same bench as you like you know get an opportunity and 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 get called up and you didn't get that same opportunity like i'm sure like all that pleasure of being out there and all that pain of like you know what could have been is like is sharp so you know i appreciate you kind of coming on and, and chatting about it with us. Cause it's, uh, it's cool to see that perspective, man. So we really appreciate that for sure. Yeah. Anytime, you know, I, I, I love, you know, talking to people about like my time being played there. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, I was lucky, you know, like even just playing in the minors, like I was lucky enough to do it. You know, at, at the time coming from playing club hockey, it, it didn't happen a lot. You know, I mm-hmm. it's a little more prominent now, but it didn't happen a lot. So like kind of get that, to get that jump to be like one of the first few to actually be recognized to do it was great, you know? And, you know, a lot of it stems too from like people around me, you know, like people pushing me being like, man, like you can do this. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. if you want to do it, yeah. you can do it, you know? And, and like, just like having that time and determination, you know, and, and other people, like I said, having confidence in me, you know, like there yeah. were times where I was, you know, like my roommate, my, my rookie year playing when I got called up to Evansville was, uh, we were the Ottawa senators, affiliate and he was a first round draft pick this kid was drafted first round like 29th overall by uh atlanta when atlanta's wow. the team you know yeah. what i mean and, and like even him like just hearing him talk to me and stuff like that like i was like wow like the fact that these guys have confidence in me to be playing mm-hmm. like next to them or in the lineup with them when they were like he was a first round draft pick or my other teammate played had games in the show like played played i think like 15 games in the show like to hear them like had my back, you know, like it was great to hear that, you know, to feel like mm-hmm. I made it, you know, like even when things were going bad, they'd be like, Hey man, like you're fine. You know what I mean? Like the boys got you. And like, mm-hmm. it was just great to kind of have that, that atmosphere around me. So like, I'm glad I can kind of now with coaching kind of give it back yeah. to these kids. You know, just like you said, like full circle, you know, like coaching 18 you this year, like, listen, our, our goal is to win a lot of games, but I want to help these kids kind of, mature mm-hmm. into into young men you know and be able to take that chance and you know tell them like listen two of my buddies i played with um growing up they played double a hockey growing up too and they made it to the ahl you know like it's not out of it's not out of reach for you guys like, it, it could happen you know i like, kind of always keep that keep that dream alive like it will be a tougher road a longer road mm-hmm. absolutely but at the yep. same time like 
it can happen. You know what I mean? Hell yeah. Amen. All right. Well, CJ, dude, we really do appreciate you coming on and shooting it with us for almost an hour. Um, wish you all the best with your coaching endeavors and hopefully we just have some more, uh, young studs from long Island playing in the show, man. And hopefully you got some of your former players on that path. I'm hoping so. I think, I think over the next few years, you'll, uh, you'll, you're going to see a handful from long Island for sure. Um, send the good ones to the Islanders. (laughs) (laughs) I was actually, so I was at, I was at game six, man. I I was at game six this year at the, at the Collie and, Walking in there, like the atmosphere uh, that, walking the, in there the when they playing one? the Lightning was, yeah, the, where they, uh, where Pulak like yeah. saved it at the last second. Yeah. Um, so like the, the atmosphere of that game was like, you walk in, there was so much tension in the arena. You could feel it. Oh yeah. But it was also a mix of, of excitement and mm-hmm. everybody would just had a ton of anxiety. Like they should have been handing out Xanax at the door, <laughs> walking in for everyone in there. That because be that the that place, like <laughs> you could, you just felt it. You know what I mean? But in typical Islander fan fashion, no offense, they were down two rip, and everybody was motherfucking this team. They suck. <laughs> we shouldn't be here. Yep. Trade this guy. Get get rid of Barzell. Fire Trots, and then they win the game. And everyone's like, Trots is the best. Like you know, it's like losing it. I'm like, man, you guys are hilarious. Like it's. You guys are out of your minds. And then they throw beers on sounds the ice. Like so like, many of my friends. Here? I was going to say, that sounds like a coliseum full of Danny Berlandis. <laughs> yep. Oh, he, <laughs> CJ knows Danny Berlandi. Damn yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, Dan, I, I, that's I remember Danny. Thing. Honestly, man, it's going to be the first game of the season. Puck's going to drop. We're going to lose a face off, and he's just going to go, here we go. Islanders <laughs> again. That's just like, that's just it, man. But, you know, that's that's Islanders fans, man. No, no matter what, like until we somehow win five cups in a row, like Islander fans are still like we're gonna have three cups in a row. Gonna lose like Game Seven of the of the fourth, you know, Game Seven of the Stanley Cup Final for that fourth cup, and people are gonna be like, "Fucking Islanders suck, man. Never gonna see four cups again. It's bullshit." But you know what? That generation's eventually gonna die off. And when that well, yeah. that not well, not Danber. He's he's we want him alive really long, but the rest of that generation is going to die off. I'll tell you what, though, the Islanders team, I think they're poised over the next few years to win a cup. I think they're missing one or two pieces, but I really think they are. Um, they they play in Trotz's style perfectly, you know, the way mm-hmm. he coaches, he's such a good coach, and like their whole team is bought into it. And I think they forget one or two more guys in there, like there's one or two missing pieces. And I can see them. I can honestly see them winning a handful of cups in the next ten years. You know, if they are able to keep it, or like eight years, or whatever, keep it together. You know, yeah. and you know, and I, th- I think the team that's going to be better this year, to be honest with you, is is the Rangers. Like, I love the moves that they made this year. I think they added yeah. so much sandpaper to to like their bottom six, and they were a team that got pushed around. Like the Rangers had like the years that the Rangers were unreal when when Hank was there. They had a team that was like a, a regular season team. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They didn't have a playoff team. You can look at a team and be like, that's a playoff team. When you look up and down their roster, yeah. they just always reminded me of a team that was a regular season team. And then when playoffs kick in and it's different, they just 
they didn't have that next gear or the or those guys yeah. that could help them grind it out. You know what I mean? And I think the Islanders have that. I really do. I think, you know, like I said, one, two pieces, you're they're gonna be they'll be winning that cup. Yeah. I I was trying to say last episode that the Rangers were dangerous and Mikey called me a secret Ranger fan. <laughs> so that's my, my, my heart yeah. is in the bottom of an ocean somewhere. No, I mean, listen, I'm a Ducks fan. You know, I got, I grew up a Ducks fan, not even for the movies. Like I said earlier, Paul Korea is my favorite player. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, you know, I, so I got, I can, I'm like pretty in between with the Islanders and Rangers. And I really think that like the moves the Rangers made are going to help them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think their problem was they had a lot of college guys and they had a college coach come in. You know, yep. I think when they came in, they needed, they needed a coach like Trotz who was like been around the show for a while to yeah. kind of show them how to play in the NHL the right way. You know, I think that's what they were missing. And I think now they have that, that guy in, in Gerard Gallant who like gives them some freedom, but also like he keeps them accountable, you know? And I, I think it's yeah. really fun to watch those two teams go after like play this year. You know, you got like Sezikis, you know, Martin, you know, like those guys. And then you got like mm-hmm. Reeves and you got Tenardi this year, you know, like you're going to have some big boys going at it, you know, like you yeah. both hockey between them two this year, which could be great. Like I, I still love that as much as the game has changed. Some old school hockey fighting is still part of the game. So I'd love to see it. Dude, Revo and Ross Johnson squaring off first Islander Ranger game is what oh, I'm yeah. salivating about. I mean, that's you know, you be... know, you know, that's probably going to be literally within the first, like the first 15 oh, seconds of buck. Oh, absolutely. Might even like, not make I it. The Rangers, I think the Rangers home opener this year is against Washington too, isn't it? Or it's in Washington, I, I, their first game, I haven't I think, studied so. their schedule. But I, I think dude, that's what it was. I hope I, so. When I read that, so you see, like, Revo and Wilson, they're going to, you know, that would be, you know, he's going to keep that guy accountable. And I love the way Wilson plays. Like, does he cross the line at times? Probably. But he flirts mm-hmm. that line, like, like perfectly a lot of the time. And I and I love the way he plays. You know, like. L- listen, you and you got to remember, too, the big, the big E, the big S, the big P, the big N is going to be showing hockey now. So. You know, they're probably talking to the NHLPA. They're like, yo, yo, I, I know like NBC says don't get into fights, but like get into fights. That's what we want. So like ESPN oh, is yeah. just going to be like trying to get ratings as however they can. Uh, but you know what? Kudos, man. The more eyes, the more ears that can get on to the ice, the better. Because the more fans Absolutely. the NHL gets, the better it's going to get. So I'm not going to try to gatekeep the NHL. I realize that it's the counterculture, but at the same time, give me more. Give me more, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And on that note, let us, let us bid adieu to Chris Joseph. E A E C I dude. I'm having a problem talking. E C H L (laughs) extraordinaire. You couldn't even spell ESPN. So (laughs) no, I spelled E to S to P. So it's been rough, man. I'm on like, this is like day eight of like a nine day work schedule i've worked like six bell to bells man i'm just like i'm ready to go to sleep and (laughs) never wake up but not in that way just sleep all the time but hey cj man thank you so much for being on um hey everyone out there again bar down breakdown you can catch us every tuesday wherever you like your podcasts uh, apple google stitcher spotify wherever you get them just subscribe so you get us every tuesday which is what you want to do Go check out our uh, former guest playlist. We've got a sweet pop punk playlist that we're constantly adding things to. So hopefully your next favorite band is on there. And then also do yourself a favor. 
the Hockey Podcast Network. I can spell them THPN. Go check them out. They've got a bunch of great content, uh, not just us, but a bunch of other podcasts that you're probably going to end up loving. So go check them out. And then like we said at the beginning of the episode, DraftKings, guys, football season is coming. This isn't a football podcast, but guess what? You probably love fantasy football just like I do. Uh, I'm I'm going to be in another league. I don't really know why, but I'm going to do it anyway. But on certain weeks, man, I'm going to jump on there on DraftKings and I'm going to do some of their daily stuff. It's a blast. And like we said, man, you could turn $1 into $200 just by chilling with DraftKings. That's what we want you to do. Chill with DraftKings. Again, one more time, shout out Pete Judge Records. Got a sandwich on the shirt. Shout out CJ, homie the guest. Shout out Bar Down Breakdown. Shout out Mikey CLT. Shout out Tommy to the V. What else we got? That's it. <laughs> Guys, it's been real. <laughs> Peace be with you. And also with you. Have a good one, guys. Thanks again.